Oasis Church Chicago, this is Pastor J.P. Trollio. I'm so glad that you're here listening with us today on our podcast. This message today is coming from our midweek prayer service. We believe that this prayer meeting is the most vital meeting of our church. I pray today as you listen to this message that you're encouraged, that you're inspired, and that ultimately you're pushed closer to Jesus. If this message today spoke to you, I pray that you will come out and join with us on a Wednesday night that you can gather together alongside the rest of the church and hear from God and what he would have to say to you. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Uh, If you've been with us over the past month, as I've uh, had the chance leading up to um, our son coming, I started a series um, talking about the Lord's Prayer. And I said, I'm just going to walk us through maybe a word or maybe line by line and talk with us and, and kind of walk us through the way Jesus taught his people, his disciples to pray. And we know this, uh, I, I don't want to assume everyone knows it, but it's a very familiar prayer. You know, even in college, a lot of my teammates and knew this prayer well and didn't know anything else about the Bible. And uh, it's just one of those things that people use repetitively. It's, it's all over. And, but there's actually such weight to this prayer. Jesus' words were very intentional, and every word that he spoke was not just uh, on accident. It wasn't, it wasn't, there was no accidents out of Jesus' mouth. Uh, he meant what he said, and he, he says it intentionally. And so he's teaching his disciples how to pray and, and how to ask God the Father in heaven for things. And, um, and so tonight, I, I'm going to read just a little bit of Luke 11. One, uh, I'm going to go to the end of verse 2. Marco, just so you know, and then I'm going to read Matthew 6. I said I'm going to reference both Luke and Matthew um, tonight, but I want to read this in Luke 11. It says this in verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father. I I talked the first time when we started this series or this kind of talk conversation, a powerful prayer life. Father, Father is so crucial there to remember that we address God as our Father. If we look at him in any other manner or any other way, we miss it, right? And I I want this, I'm going to continue to repeat some of these things because, guys, this is so important to get in our spirit. If we look at God, the Father, as our employer, we're in trouble. If we look at him as a genie, we're really in trouble. If we look at him only when it's convenient to look to him, we're in trouble. We need to look at God as God our Father. And so Jesus says we have to pray Father. Not, nothing else is written in either. It's our Father. And then Matthew says our Father who art in heaven. Right? So we have to address God first and foremost as Father. And so he continues. He says, hallowed be your name. And I, and I taught on that saying there that we may just read over that or pass by that word. Has anybody ever done that before? Maybe not sure what hallowed means. And really what it means is to keep his name holy. And that his name would remain holy and that our lives would reflect his name, which means our lives should be holy. Four of us. Amen. That's all I want for a church. Can I say, can I, yeah. Like, I want a few things for a church, but what I want really for our church is for our people's lives to be holy. That's what I want. It's my prayer for you all. Not perfection. Not getting it right every day. 
But when you fall, because we're humans, you get up. And you tell the church people around you, yo, I fell. I need to get back up. And this church will always be a church that says, we're going to help you get up. Yo, let me say something to this group, because these are a lot of our leaders in our church. If someone comes to you and says, yo, I fell, you don't look at them with your chest out or your chin up. You look at them with a hand out. Because that's who we're going to be. Okay? We're going to be a church that pushes people to Jesus. And as we push people to Jesus, we pray that their lives become closer to Jesus. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more you look like Jesus. And the more you are holy like Jesus is holy. Okay? Are we with this tonight? So he says, how would be your name? And this is tonight what I want to talk about. Your kingdom come. In Matthew, I think we have Matthew 6, Marco. He says this in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, how would be your name? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Tonight, I want to talk about those couple of phrases. Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We, we can say that in a message all the time. Pastors, preachers, I hear them all the time. We just want God's heaven to come to earth, and we want earth to be filled with heaven. And it's like, yeah, you say that, but do we know what we're asking? Because <laughs> what we're asking for is massive. That's a- We have fun at church. I'm sorry. My wife was here. She'd be like. But when we say your kingdom come, your will be done, what we're saying is, and what Jesus is expressing to his disciples is, your will, disciples, no more. Uh, You, what you want, what you think you need, what you want to have, no more. When we pray this prayer, that's why I'm like, when we pray this prayer, we're not just praying these words like, let your will be done. You understand what you're saying. Jesus is saying, hey, it is now God's will to be done in your life. It is now God's plan, the Father in heaven, his plans to be done in your life. And so tonight, I want to specifically focus on that. This phrase and saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This goes against all of culture's tides today. This goes against everything that 2019 would tell you. Can we be honest? Like this saying goes against everything that is being pushed today in today's society and today's culture. Today's culture is you, you, you are your own person. Do whatever you want. And if you don't agree with somebody else, you're wrong because how dare you disagree with somebody else's viewpoints because that's just the way that we should operate, that everybody's good and everybody's fine and no matter what agenda may be pushed from somebody, they're good. Listen, I want to respect all people, okay? And we all should. That's a really good place to sit. Man, maybe I don't need to pray for a holy church. Maybe I just need to pray for a kind church. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love you all. You're super kind. I want to respect people. But 2019 is pushing, hey, you, person, A, let your will be done. Make sure you build your platform today. Make sure you build your fan base today. It's not about what Jesus wants for you today. It's about what you want. Whatever you want, have it. Whatever feels good, do it. Hello? Well, whatever makes you feel valued, choose that. 
This is the culture today. And as the church, Jesus, see, this is why I love the Bible, because Jesus' words transcend time. This was happening then, 2,000 plus years ago, and it's happening today. It's not like 2019's where, where, yeah, I believe we're getting closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ. I do. I believe that. When is that going to happen? No clue. Do I want to know? No. What I want to do is serve Jesus today here on earth and tell everybody about him so that we can all go together to heaven, right? Okay, so like when people say, oh, 2019, it's just the darkest time of the world. I'm like, do you read the Bible? Because there were some pretty dark times. And there were some pretty messed up situations and people in there. And Jesus said back then, hey, your kingdom, God, done. Your will, God the Father, done. The same thing needs to be said today. Okay, so when we pray this, we're asking a lot. Okay, we're asking a massive request. What we're saying is not JP's kingdom, not Oasis Church Chicago's kingdom, Not any of your kingdom, but God the Father, your kingdom, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I got got two points. Praise the Lord. Two. Because I want us to get this so much because what I really hope is that when you read this in Scripture throughout the rest of your life, when you recite this prayer because it comes to memory when you're pulled over in a car and you're just praying any prayer you can pray because the lights are shining behind you, and you're like, God, our Father who art in heaven, I think you're, like, I want you to understand that what you're praying is super serious. Okay, and so the first is this. When we pray like this, what we're actually praying is, God, take our kingdom out. Praying like this takes our kingdom out. I I don't know all of you that well. I don't know every one of your lives' intricacy. Like, I don't know what you deal with, what you go through, what you're dealing with today. But I do know something that this scripture relates to all of us. No matter where we're at in life today, no matter where we're going in life today, this relates to all of us. Because what's in our nature, who we are as human beings, is that we want to be independent. Just me. Like, I want to be independent. Uh, like, there's, there's times in my life that I'm like, I just want to choose what I want to do. Like, I, I don't want to do what anybody else is telling me to do. I don't, I don't want to do, God, what you're telling I just want to do me. Right? Anybody, can we have an honest moment? Thank you. Like, like this saying, okay, God, when I pray, let your will be done. Let, let, let your kingdom come in my life. What I'm praying is, God, take out my kingdom. Take out what I want. Take out what I think. See, What you want goes, what he wants for you comes in. What this prayer is, it's a prayer of surrender. (laughs) It's a prayer of surrender. I never read it that way. I really didn't. I just read it as Jesus was praying a really cool prayer. That's powerful, Jesus. But what Jesus is saying, I'm surrendering. I'm waving the white flag. I'm done. God, I'm done trying to choose my kingdom. I'm I'm done trying to build my kingdom. God, I need your kingdom. See, what this does is this throws out your reputation. How many of you care about your reputation? Okay, your hands should go up because it's important. I'm going to teach here for a moment. We're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray these things. God, take out my kingdom, but reputation's important. There's things, I believe this, and, and Pastor Morris says to me all the time, he actually said it on the phone yesterday, and only the way he can, he was like, JP, remember something. That's how he talks to me, and I'm like, oh, He's like, you're going to die one day. I'm like, thank you, Lamores. Um, he's like, and what people are going to remember? 
is your character and your reputation. That's it. That's all they're going to remember you for. So, JP, what reputation and what character do you want to have? The question that is begged tonight is, do you want your kingdom or do you want God's kingdom to be your reputation? I'm not throwing daggers at anybody. I'm just trying to help us. Right? I'm saying, this is saying, God, my kingdom is out. I want to have a good reputation. I pray that you have a good reputation among man and among people around you. I pray that your name carries weight to it. But what it carries is God's weight in your life with it. You know, Scripture talks about it all the time. In Proverbs 22.1, it says, A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. What does that mean? A, a, a great reputation, a godly reputation for your life. Not your kingdom, God's kingdom. Should be desired more than great wealth, Scripture says. Yo, I... <laughs> Can we be honest? Do we always think that way? Like, you know, I'm changing a diaper like every other hour. I'm just seeing dollar, dollar signs like, like, <laughs> yo, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I would like wealth. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Scripture doesn't say that money is wrong. It says the love of money is wrong. Don't get that messed up. But what he's saying in Proverbs is say a, a name, a reputation under God is better than any great wealth you could ever have. You could have the bank account that reads zero, but you could have the best name among people in this city. That's how it works. When you say, God, my kingdom's out, your kingdom is in. And it continues in Proverbs, favor is better than silver and gold. So the Bible encourages us to keep good reputations whenever possible. It's also echoed in Ecclesiastes 7.1, which says, a good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. The Bible is clear that a good reputation is of great value and is therefore something that we should strive to earn and maintain. Jesus is saying to us, your plans are no longer in play here. I said Sunday, we gave up the right. If you didn't, weren't here Sunday, I said it because I really believe it helped some people. We gave up the right to have our feelings, our emotions, our stuff be at the front. We gave it up. When? When you accepted Jesus in your life. When we accept Jesus in our lives, our rights, I don't like, people are like, you ain't going to tell me what to do. I'm not. Jesus is. Talk to him. But I'm cool with it. Like me, I, I'm cool that I don't have to be the captain of my own ship. That I can lean in, I can lean back, as we've been singing, in the Father's arms. I, I don't have to have all of it together. I can let go and let God be God when I pray this. But I like my feelings, Pastor. Feelings are dangerous. If all you do, I just like the feels. I just like the feel good. I like, oh, I just like the feels. There's going to be moments, let me say this. There's going to be moments in your life where the feels aren't there at all. In a marriage, hello. There are going to be moments in marriage. This is real talk. There's going to be moments in a marriage, single people and even married people, where you don't feel it. And guess what you do? You love them still. You choose them still. So what you're saying is, is when I don't have the feelings that I want to feel, I still choose God's kingdom over my kingdom. Is this making sense tonight? Is this helping you? What we're saying too is my emotions go when we pray this. <laughs> you know God can realign your emotions? Personal story. Believe it or not, 
I, in a moment's notice, could go from zero to 100 in a second. You guys are like, we know we see it all the time on stage. No, I could. There was an anger inside of me. There was, a, there was an emotion of anger. And I, I, whether it be just how I was, well, how I came up or whatever the case may be, if someone said something to me, it like, bam, I'm, yo. I'm not praying for him. But when I received Jesus, what Jesus said to me was, hey, JP, that part of your kingdom, your anger issue, it's got to go. So you fill in the blank with whatever emotion and feelings you have and say, God, I need that to go because when I pray your kingdom come, that means my feelings and emotions go and I get replaced with your character of feelings and emotion. God doesn't want you to not feel. He just wants you to feel in the way that the kingdom works. This, yeah, this is good. What also happens is your hurt gets released when you pray, my kingdom's out. Okay, guys, can I, this is the biggest detriment to Christians. Hurt. Hurt. Because why? Hurt hurts. <laughs> Say that a couple times. Hurt people hurt people. And hurt hurts. But guess what we're called to do? Love. And let go and forgive. How many times, Jesus, am I supposed to forgive this time? A lot. Actually, whatever you think, just multiply it a lot more. Wait, but I, I'm hurt. Yeah, I know you're hurt. But guess what? You're called to forgive. So when JP's kingdom is out, my hurt goes out. Hello? Is this, this is, this is going to help someone. And then my desires get realigned. I don't need the latest, the greatest, the best. I don't need to have the stacked bank account or the really nice home. And it's not bad, but I don't need my desires of what I think I need. I want his desires. My kingdom goes. His kingdom comes, which takes me to my second point. When we pray this, what we're praying and what we're asking is, God, bring your king heaven's kingdom in. Praying like this brings heaven's kingdom in. Is this encouraging you. Jordan, Alex, come on up. We're going to pray. When we pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, what we are saying is God's way is better than my way. That was, let me say, let me say that again. What we're saying is, guys, we say amen so that we can say, let it be in my heart. Seal that in my heart. You know, it's hard to say amen sometimes because you're like, do I really want to seal that one in my heart? You know? <laughs> I get it. When I say, when a preacher tells me, you know, God's way is better than your ways, I'm always like, I don't know about that. Like, I thought I had it pretty, no. What we're saying is, is when we say your kingdom comes in, what we're saying is the plans that I had, the way that I had, yours is way better. So let that come into my heart. Let that come into my spirit. Let that come into my vision. Let that come into my mind. Let that come into my feelings and my emotions. Your kingdom is better than my kingdom. Your plans for my life are to prosper. Prosper, yeah. JP, my plans for your life are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope. Hope? Yeah, hope. And what? A future. Okay? So, so God's kingdom coming in, it, it brings this stuff. It's saying, God, your kingdom is better. Jesus is showing us that we are dismissing our wills, our plans, what we think is best, and asking for his plans, his will to come. Two things that were quick. The best way to pray God's kingdom in your life, practically, well, how do I do this? How do I, how do I ask for heaven's kingdom to come? Pray scripture. Tell me something else, pastor. Start there. Pray scripture. 
Read a scripture verse, a promise in scripture. There's thousands. Grab it, pray it. And that starts to bring the kingdom of God into your life. See, when I even read that chapter there that I read for the prayer cards, I remind my spirit, I remind my soul of heaven's kingdom, how Jesus works. Jesus is a willing healer. Is this, is this connecting the dots? So I'm saying my kingdom's out, his kingdom's in, and in his kingdom, he's a willing healer. Because I'm praying that scripture. Jesus, this is how I say, Jesus, even in your word, when you healed the guy with leprosy, yo, like, yo, the same way you healed him, heal again today. Because you're willing. What that does, that invites the kingdom in. Okay? And the second thing that we need to remember is when we pray scripture, we need the Holy Spirit's help. We need the Holy Spirit's help to help us bring the kingdom of God into this. Paul Miller writes this, and I just want to read this. He says, we need the sharp-edged, absolute character of the word and of the intuitive, personal leading of the spirit. The word provides the structure and the vocabulary. The spirit, though, the Holy Spirit personalizes it to our lives. If we believe scripture only applies to people in general, then we can miss how God intimately personalizes his counsel to us as individuals. Okay, this is awesome. If we just think the Bible is just for a, a mass group of people and it's not intimately for us, we're missing it. His kingdom is for you personally. Okay, let me say that again. His kingdom is for you personally. And then what it does, it's for all of us as the church. And then it's for this city. And it's for cities across this country and across this globe. His word then is for everybody, but it starts with you personally. Okay? So we need the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, help me to sow the word into my heart, to pray the word into my life so that the heaven, God's heaven, God's kingdom can come in my life. I need the Holy Spirit. We're going to close with this. So what we're doing when we're asking God's kingdom to come, we're praying three things, or we're declaring three things. Let me say that. The first is this. We're declaring loyalty to God. We're declaring loyalty to God. This is what I want to pray tonight. We're going to pray, God, my kingdom's out. Your kingdom is in. And by declaring that, I'm saying, I am loyal to you, God. See, guys, you may say, well, I love Jesus. Yeah, but you need to remind your soul that you're loyal to only God. Okay, let me say it this way. When the temptation comes, when that number pops up on your phone that you know you should have deleted months ago, comes? No, I'm, no, that's... Truly, when that number shows up on your phone, and you should have deleted it months ago, you could say, no, I'm loyal to God. I'm not loyal to any man or woman in this earth. I'm loyal to God first. And what it helps you do is it helps you to put aside your kingdom and it allows you to bring God's kingdom in. And what we see is the unfolding nature of God's kingdom come to this earth and overwhelm the kingdom that is here. The second thing that we're declaring is an offense against darkness. Okay, when we're praying this, what we're actually doing is we're going on the attack. Church, we should not be sitting in our seats with the seatbelt on. We should be out of the seats, we should be on the front lines, and we should be going to war. That does not build a church, JP, in 2019. I know, but it's the truth of the gospel. We are not called to sit on our hands as church people, as followers of Jesus Christ. We are called to go on the offensive. How do we do it? So in the word, fighting with the word telling people what truth is in the midst of lies and chaos. What we're saying is, and when we're praying, God, bring your heaven's kingdom here, what we're saying is we're declaring against darkness. Guys, there is darkness everywhere. 
all around you, powers and principalities that rage around you that we can't even see. And so when we're praying, God, let your kingdom come in my life. Let your will be done in my life. We're going on the offensive towards darkness. We're saying, Satan, you have no power. Satan, your schemes are done. Satan, your darkness is pushed back in my life and in my family's life and in my marriage and in my future marriage. Single people pray this. Declaring an offense against darkness. We're pleading for the kingdom of Satan to be toppled by saying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And then the last thing that we're asking for with this is we're declaring it's a prayer of conquer. Woo! See how there's always hope at the end of these? It's a declaration of conquer. I am more than a conqueror. It doesn't just say I'm a conqueror. That'd be cool with me. Anybody else? Like, I would be like, yeah, that's cool. Scripture says more. <laughs> that more's for you. That more's for you. That more's for me. I am more than a conqueror. So when I ask for heaven's kingdom to come, when his will be done in my life, not JP's will, not the, the will that I desire, but his will be done, what I'm saying is, is I am more than a conqueror with Jesus Christ who gives me strength. I want his presence. I want his glory to fall. I want his kingdom to come. I want his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what Jesus says. See, see how much more this is than just, hey, yo, God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. I pray you don't pray this prayer anymore like this. You're like, yo, God, the Father, yo, let your kingdom come in my life. I'm going on the offensive. I'm a conqueror. Let your will be done. I'm pushing back the darkness in my life. Yo, my kingdom's out. Your kingdom's coming in. Thank you. So tonight, I want us just to pray. I'm going to give you the chance to pray. Maybe you just need to sit. Maybe you need to stand. Maybe you need to come at the altar. And maybe there's some things in your life that you're still holding on to. Your kingdom. Your kingdom. And God's been trying to get to you. He's trying to reach you. He's trying to break through. And he's saying, yo, I've been trying to talk to you. I've been trying to release you from this, but you won't let me. Tonight, he wants to release you from it. He wants to say, yo, I want to give you the strength to let your kingdom go. And then the second prayer is, God... Bring your kingdom in to me, heaven's kingdom. Is this encouraging you tonight? Can we pray this tonight? Can we just take a few moments? The band's gonna sing, I exalt thee, and we're just gonna worship God. But I wanna pray this. If there's a part of your heart and you need to get at the altar and down your knees and you need to just cry out, begin to cry out and say, God, help me, remove it. Maybe you don't know if there is. Maybe you just need to say, God, search my heart right now. Show me if there's a place in my heart that I'm still operating in my kingdom. Maybe my desires are out of line. Maybe my feelings are out of line. Maybe my emotions are out of line. God, help me to remove my kingdom and replace it with your kingdom where there's life and there's hope and there's beauty and there's grace. Come on, church, can we begin to pray and just cry out to Jesus?